I invoke the earth crone in her cave by the roots, tending her cauldron, telling the old stories. I invoke the crone of air, of feathers and soaring. She who hears songs in dry leaves whispering. She who calls down the crows to her hand. I invoke the crone of fire. Fire in the body, fire in the mind. Fire of freedom blazing. I invoke the crone of water. Gentle, inexorable, washing it all away. Crone, your cloak swirls with winter's wind. Crone, your face is the map of your journeys. Wild woman, wisdom woman, teach us to age with your magic. That is from Witch Wisdom for Magical Aging, Finding Your Power Through the Changing Seasons by Kate Johnson, one of the few sources that Amberly and I have referenced for this special episode. Uh, as you know, we started our Rites of Passage series with death, and we are now working our way backwards through the cycles and passages of life, and stopping now at aging, approaching old age, and the crone and or sage of wisdom. So, Amberly, when I think of the stages of life, and especially comparing them to the classic triple deity theme of the maiden slash youth, mother slash warrior, and crone slash sage... I know we haven't nearly reached the crone phase, but many of us do think about getting older, reaching old age, gaining the wisdom that comes with age, and there are a lot of feelings and anxieties associated with it. I myself have always thought of old age as a beautiful gift in this life, one that not everyone gets to experience and therefore is something of an achievement, but I know not everyone feels that way. Are there any immediate thoughts or emotions that come to mind when you think about reaching old age in the future? You know, when I was growing up, my biological mother's side of the family always treated age as something to be disdained. Um, mm -hmm. And they never gave the elderly the credit that they were due. Um, I remember watching my aunts roll their eyes as their mother talked to them or hearing my mother or, you know, my aunts talk about how they hate that they're aging and, Oh, look at their, you know, the wrinkles on their face. And, and, um, my biological mother to some extent has changed, um, as she has, uh, come of age, you know, but I'm happy to say that I have moved past that disdain for old age because you're right. Not everybody is lucky enough to grow to old age. I know of, of several, several people that have died, you know, younger than me. And, and it is just devastating. So every day that I get older, despite sometimes I look at myself and I think, you know, look at my bags under my eyes or whatever. I earned those just by living. So, yes. Yeah. Well said. I feel very much the same way. Very much the same way. And I often um, look at um, people who are older than me, most often women who seem to be fighting it as hard as they can and uh, trying their best to appear younger. And part of the problem is my own expectation of them as an older person, you know? Right. Um, and then another part of the problem is um, that they just can't, seemingly can't stand getting older and um there's a lot of societal reasons for that mm -hmm. 
And it, it's a shame. Um, but I feel still very much the same way that that sense of gratitude for every day and every year that passes uh, does, does feel very much like a gift. Yeah. And I look at my, my stepmother who I actually just call my mother now and watching her age. Um, I hope that I do it as gracefully as she does. Yeah. That's wonderful. <laughs> All right. And I'm not just saying that because I know she's going to listen to this episode. <laughs> So we're diving back into the Rites of Passage series with the crone slash sage of wisdom aging, getting older. Uh, What do you got for us? You know what? I think I'm going to start with a prayer, actually. This is a prayer from the Pagan Prayer and Ritual book by Sayedswer Sereth. And I'm sure I said that wrong, but that's the best I can do, so I'm sorry. Um, This is actually... A prayer for an old man to the God. Old man, I am becoming one too. May I not be a stereotype yelling, Hey kids, get off my lawn! Or spending my time thinking about my glory days. Or telling stories exclusively about how it was when I was young. May my stories instead be to impart wisdom hard-earned. May my todays have their glory too. May I be welcoming of the younger generation who will take my place just as I am taking that of those before me. May I be an elder worthy of respect. May I be a source of knowledge. May I serve my community in this time as well as I have served it up until now. May I accept my aging gracefully, for it is a noble phase I am entering, vital to my people. Old man, this is so much to ask, yet I ask it anyway, since I have such need, and there is need for others in my performing these tasks as well. You who care about the continuation of society and who knows these things well, grant them to me, who come to you for aid. I love that. Yeah, I think I just got all the goosebumps. Yeah, that's a great prayer. Yeah. I love that. I think that's all we can ask for is to be able to uh, share the wisdoms that we have learned. I agree. I agree. And I love uh, addressing the old man. It kind of reminds me of what I have prepared for this. Have you ever heard of the book um, Wicca, A Year and a Day by Timothy Roderick? I have, but only through you. Oh, okay. I didn't realize <laughs> I'd spoken about it before. Um, so it's meant not very often. Yeah, it's meant as a year-long course. Well, a year and a day to be exact, but a course in the practice of the and beliefs of Wicca. Uh, as many of you already know, I started my practice in Wicca and moved on from there. And I, in the beginning, attempted to get through this entire book. Uh, And I think like a lot of others, uh, I wasn't really able to stick to it. But for a long time, I still used it as a very useful reference guide. Um, And even though I no longer consider myself a Wiccan, I still find it useful as a reference. Um, There is still a plethora of useful and interesting information in this book. So I decided to scoop it up and find the pages inside that highlight the crone and sage of wisdom. They are both a triple goddess and a triple god that are important fixtures in some Wiccan paths. And they represent that wizened old individual who has achieved great knowledge and discernment over the course of a long life. Wonderful. So, um, yeah, I'd like to share some information about the crone and sage here, plus their correspondences I'll eventually get to. And please keep in mind that we are of the mind that we both have, we have both energies within all of us. 
both masculine and feminine, light and dark, projective and receptive, action and contemplation. So there is something that can be learned from both of these aspects, even if the gendering of these figures isn't exactly necessary or favored. Correct. So I'll start with the goddess as crone. Meeting the crone. The crone is the goddess's third aspect. In her crone aspect, the goddess represents repose, wisdom, and decline. Beyond her childbearing years, the crone is the archetype of female power turned inward. She is no longer the fragrant full bloom, but she's brimming with the seeds of wisdom. She's ready to teach others the mysteries of what lies beyond death and the inner secrets of life, if only we would listen. You can't pull the wool over these old weathered eyes. She has been around the block a few times already, and she is the personification of common sense and seasoned practicality. The goddess in this aspect also represents justice and the reaping of whatever harvest we have planted. Sometimes we reap what is not exactly the thing for which we hoped, but the crone does not rely on hope. The end of her life cycle, what need has she for hopes and dreams? The crone represents life lived beyond the crutch of hoping, wishing, and dreaming. She is an all-or-nothing lady. She is the old woman in all of us. She who sits by the hearth and who can foretell the future. Maybe she's just telling us things we don't really want to know, but we need to know in order to grow and change. She is the manifestation of internal movement and mystic insight. She is here whenever you act in a level-headed, rational, responsible way. The crone has also a dark side. When we cling to our own internal crone energy without allowing a natural flow of energies of all kinds, she can represent bitterness and self-sufficiency to the point of isolation. When we have dark crone energies in our personality, we might believe that we need to set the record straight, set endless boundaries with other people, and criticize without noting much of anything positive. In her dark aspect, the crone can be our potential to cut ourselves off from other people, to judge harshly, or to simply carp. Some crone goddesses in mythology include Spider Woman, Sophia, Kali, Circe, Hera, Fea, Hel, Sekhmet, Inanna, Discordia, Lilith, Minerva, Rhiannon, Fortuna, Curridwen, and in some cases, Hecate. So, some crone correspondences here. The lunar phase, the waning and dark moon. The seasonal phase is late fall slash winter. Color is indigo. Pagan celebrations, Samhain, October 31st. Direction is west. Time is dusk. Incense, mugwort and star anise. In essential oils, sage and cedar. The magical number, six. Herbs, nightshade and fly agaric. Planets, Saturn and Jupiter. The body parts are the eyes, and the chakra is the sixth pineal at the center of the brow, or the third eye chakra. Um, so I'm going to pop in here with another, this is actually a poem that is in the book Spirit Weaver, Wisdom Teachings from the Feminine Path of Magic by Sarah and Bertrand. It's really a beautiful book. I enjoyed looking a little more into it when I was uh, doing this research. Uh, and I found this poem that's just perfect. Celebrating the sacred power and beauty of the crone, calling forth the rooted presence of the wise woman, the elder. Her wisdom is forged so deep it is etched in prayer lines on her face. Her body is a constellation of sacred song lines, each reaching down into a hidden storytelling. Her memories shape themselves into a chalice of truth. 
Her sexual life force is distilled into pure essence. Her smile is graced with compassion that has drunk a lifetime of tears. Her creative spirit is wild with mistakes and forgiveness. Her wise blood flows deep within other world, bringing rivers of knowledge back to heal our world. How can we live without her wisdom maps? The sacred crown is the beginning and the end. Her cauldron filled with rebirthing stars, her beauty is not of this world, as she blesses us with wisdom. I think that we need to, as a society, be a little bit nicer to our elderly. Uh, We live in a time where age is a status symbol. And oddly, the status doesn't necessarily go up with the numbers. No. I mean, why does our society revere the young and beautiful 20s when that decade is usually so full of shallow thoughts and stupid mistakes? I mean, I did a lot of dumb shit when I was in my 20s. (laughs) I didn't feel like I really even knew who I was until my 30s. Yeah. And I mean, I will be 40 in just a few short months, and uh, I still sometimes feel like I haven't quite figured it out yet. But I myself haven't escaped the propaganda. I wake up in the morning and sometimes I look at my crow's feet, uh, the bags under my eyes, my aging neck and chest, and the age spots on my hands, and I often feel pretty distressed about it. Uh, But what I should feel is proud of myself for living my life. Uh, I earned every age spot and wrinkle, and not everyone is so lucky lucky as we said before. Um, I'm not saying that I'm anywhere near the crone stage yet, but um, I don't want to waste away my motherhood by fearing becoming the crone. Yes. Yes. We do waste a lot of our time and energy uh, on worry for the future, which in most cases is totally valid. You can't just turn off worry. And sometimes worry um, can do us a little good. Mm -hmm. But to worry about entering into a time of wisdom and respect and confidence is something that we definitely all should try to shed for sure. Yes, absolutely. In The Witch Wisdom for Magical Aging, Kate Johnson talks a little bit about going gray. And a few years ago, uh, I stopped dyeing my hair. I used to dye my hair ritualistically every six weeks. I do not anymore. I haven't, well, for a couple years because I think one of the most beautiful things in the world is long, flowing, silver hair. So nice. And I, I mean, I'm nowhere near that yet, but I do have gray hairs. Um, And I love the way that Kate Johnson talks about it. She says, um, she calls them moon hairs because you get them from staying up worrying under the moon about your loved ones and the earth and the moon rewards your caring with moon-colored silver hairs. <laughs> I do remember reading that, and I absolutely love that so much. Um, many of you know that I lost all of my hair the uh, the end of last year and the beginning of this year because I was uh, going through chemotherapy. And uh, it has since grown back, and I have much more gray now than I did before I lost it. And I really appreciate those grays. Something about them are so charming to me. And there's no way that I'm going to waste time fretting over them when I'm busy Mm -hmm. being thrilled to have some fucking healthy hair back on my head. And it feels like a symbol of my healing and an absolute gift. Yeah. You earned every one of those. Yeah. 
Absolutely. And if one day I'm completely gray, I'll rock it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm sure you will. I also want to make sure that we we point out that we're not at all casting judgment on anyone who does choose to dye their hair oh. um, or get, you know, you know, beauty products or even cosmetic procedures. That not at all. If it makes you feel comfortable in your skin and if it makes you feel happy, then by all means do it. You're not Absolutely. harming anybody. Um, but the purpose of this is just to really just discuss how fucking amazing it is to reach that point of wisdom, you know, that comes with aging and how we can all wear our aging, our signs of aging as a badge of honor. Yeah. Yeah. It's about um, reframing your mindset. Right. Instead of saying, oh my God, I'm so old or, oh, look at these horrible age spots. It's like, look at all of these things that I've learned over the years. Yeah. You better believe I'm, I'm, put, I'm putting on some good night cream before I go to bed most nights. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's part of the process. Yeah, absolutely. So there's an exercise uh, in Timothy Roderick's Look at Year in a Day that follows the pages on the crone knowing your crone, something that everyone of all ages can try. And it is, uh, consider your own crone traits. On a single piece of paper, draw a line down the center. On one side, write down your personality traits, no matter if they are physical or psychological or anything, and no matter if you are physically male or female. Uh, these personality traits should reflect positive crone qualities that you might have. On the other side of the page, write down any shadowy crone qualities that you might recognize in yourself. If you do not note any of the crone's qualities in your life, um, this is an archetypal energy that might require balancing and integration in order for you to claim your full potential and power as a witch. Over the next few days, you will learn how to evoke these qualities into your life just with simple contemplation. Another exercise uh, for getting further in tune with your inner crone is called calling on the crone. Sit by the hearth at night and build a cheery fire. Don't worry if it's in the middle of summer. Make the fire anyway. If you live in a home without a fireplace, sit in a corner of your home during the night and light several candles. Watch the flicker and dance of the flames until you feel your eyes becoming heavy. Close your eyes and take several deep breaths. Relax your body from head to toe with each exhalation. Once you are fully relaxed, imagine that you are standing in the dark outside of a rickety old wooden cottage in the middle of a dense forest. It is midnight. With your spirit voice, internally intone the name of the crone goddess. Watch as the door of the cottage opens and an old woman walks out towards you. In her hands, she holds a magic mirror. This is the mirror that reveals your wisest self. She silently holds up the mirror to your eyes and an image appears. It is the image of you acting throughout your day from the center of wisdom. She then whispers a word that represents a trait you must accrue to become your wisest self. Listen. After she speaks, she turns silently away and disappears into her cottage. Once she has, you will return to the place where you began your journey, seated in the chair before the fire or candles, and open your eyes. For the next 24 hours, try to live by the wise rule of the crone, guided by her magical word. Beautiful. I love that. Yeah. 
It's a fun I exercise. I like both of those. I think fun. they're both great. Yeah, you can be surprised by what comes to you sometimes when you let yourself just travel. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So in the foreword of the Witch Wisdom for Magical Aging, Caitlin Matthews writes the foreword to this, and she very smartly and wittingly calls uh, the crone stage the apprentice, an- apprentice ancestor stage. I like that. Which I just thought was really amazing. Um, you're, you're learning how to become an, an ancestor, which is exactly true. Uh, so you're practicing teaching the younger generation what you've learned so that you can uh, be an ancestor, which I just think is really a beautiful, um, a beautiful way to say it. She also goes on to say, which kind of goes back to where we were talking about how uh, age, aging is, is not something that we look forward to. Uh, she talks about how women used to live much shorter lives, so there aren't any real great stories about older women. And uh, I'm actually going to read a little paragraph from her foreword that, that talks a little bit about that. Uh, She says, because of this and other factors, we have inherited the stories of women who died young, worn out, and worn down. Frequently attached to those stories are attitudes that reveal fear and disgust about older women, sometimes even persecution, rather than any sense of celebration. The The words of elder women have rarely come down to us, as their lives were often circumscribed as age diminished their agency. So because there are not many waymarks for women of older years by which to navigate, we have to make our own. These waymarks are often ones that we discover en route, especially when all the many changes that we undergo begin to come to an end. And I, I've, I've just found that really profound because we are kind of coming into an age where we're no longer putting our elderly in nursing homes like we used to. So we're all learning how to honor our elders again. Right. Um, and how to honor becoming old again. Something that came naturally when reaching old age was more extraordinary. Right. 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 So I just, I, th- I wanted to read that because it just. Yeah, I like that. I like yeah. that very much. So I want to move on to the sage, which is very, very similar to the crone. It is the, the counterpart, the god. The sage is the third of the gods aspect. He represents the human energy that has passed its physical zenith. The sage represents the once outwardly directed energy that is now turned inward. In his sage aspect, the god represents our human ability to become self-reflective and to develop wisdom and spiritual power. The god here represents prophetic vision and good counsel given to others. He is the one who presides over the rites and ceremonies that mark the passages of time and the seasons of human life. He is the teller and the keeper of secrets. He is the wisdom of the great wheel of the year itself. He knows what actions to take and when to take them. He is reflective and meditative. The sage in each of us is the weaver of stories by the hearth. He is our ability to laugh at a lifetime of mistakes. He is the part of us that sees through the facades of other people. The God in this aspect represents our ability to turn inward and to learn that the deepest secrets of the magical path have been here in front of us all along. The sage does not move to the rhythms of the earthly seasons, but rather the seasons of spirit and intuition. The sage sets no limits or time frames upon tasks. 
He understands that life is a journey, not a destination. He is the manifestation of the serenity that comes with deep reflection and the dissolution of all personal requirements and fears. The sage, too, has a dark side. When we cling to our own internal sage energies, we can represent the expansion of consciousness beyond that which has any practical value. The sage here can represent our foolish inability to protect ourselves in the face of actual danger. In his dark aspect, the sage can be our potential to ruminate on our past and to become acerbic or grim. Some sage gods in mythology include Thoth, Woden, Dagda, Arwen, Lu, Osiris, Pluto, Saturn, Beli, Mondred, Ogma, Balor, Farbanti, Kronos, Minos, Hades, Anubis, Set, and Harpocrates. And here are some correspondences for the sage. The solar phase is the waning sun. The seasonal phase is winter. Colors are violet or black. Pagan celebration is the winter solstice, um, which is interesting because it's also the birth of the newborn sun. Direction is north. Time is midnight. Incenses are various sages such as garden sage, mountain sage, blue sage, or sagebrush. Essential oils, sage, lotus, and pine. Uh, Magical number seven. Herbs include holly, mistletoe, and pine. The planets, Uranus, and the sun. The body parts are the head and brain. And the chakra is the seventh, or crown chakra, at the top of the head. And I also have an exercise for calling on the sage, as I did for the crone. So calling on the sage. If you talk all the time, you have few opportunities to listen. The sage is about the wisdom that comes from bearing witness to life, to people, to events. His are the arts of listening much and speaking little. The sage represents the ability to observe life without judgment or internal comment. Through this power, one is able to see nature unfold just as it is, not as one wants, hopes, or dreads. In honor of living your life according to the sage's principle, allow the silence of the day to fill you. Focus your attention on the environmental sounds that pervade your life, the voices of other people, the sounds of birds, a wind chime, the music from a neighbor's house. Speak only when spoken to, and at the end of the day, take note of how this exercise made you feel. Are you more peaceful? Do you feel agitated? Do you feel energized or exhausted? How does your ordinary state of mind appear to you when confronted with stillness? Did this process help you tap into your intuitive wisdom? Wow. That sounds like an interesting exercise. I'm not sure if I could pull that off. I think I do that pretty frequently, but it's it's because I spend so much time alone at home because I work yeah. from home. But I do talk to myself and to the dogs a lot. So maybe maybe I'll I'll do I'll, you know, this kind of quiet contemplation is supposed to be intentional. So uh, yeah, even though it wouldn't be a huge change, there would be a lot more going on in my mind than is typical. So I'll definitely give it a try. Yeah. I, you know, last, last week I was in DC and I was staying alone in a hotel room and uh, I was absolutely incapable of being by myself. I I had, you know, the, a, an audiobook blaring or 
um, was on the phone with my, my family or reading a book. I could not just sit and be. And I, I got to the point where I was like, eh, it's 6.45. I'm bored. I'm going to go to bed. Yeah, 6.45. <laughs> I know. Which You're is really insane. getting in touch with your crowd. <laughs> I know. I was like, well, you know, might as well do it. But, Did you um, get the early bird special at the local diner? <laughs> actually, we totally went into the, the – we were like the first people <laughs> at, the, <laughs> at the hotel diner. It was at – like 4 30 i was like this is ridiculous <laughs> and just then, open the kitchen <laughs> and then you know really really getting into my you know prone stage i did not have any qualms saying this food sucked i'm sending it back oh my god <laughs> which is not i've never done that in my life ever but it was so bad <laughs> I, I i even asked my um the person i was eating with i was like would you be embarrassed if i sent this back because it was so terrible and yeah <laughs> it's a very strange week for me. <laughs> You're calling on the crowd. <laughs> yeah. So um, I just want to read uh, a couple more things that I really enjoyed in the foreword by uh, Caitlin Matthews in the book of uh, Witch Wisdom for Magical Aging by Kate Johnson. This part I loved. We find ourselves moving from depending on the approbation or opinions of others to a realm where we can stand in our own power, where we can believe and act with decision, which I really, really love because I can't wait to get to the point in my life where I can just say, fuck it. I said what I said. <laughs> yeah. This is me. Right. Love me or leave me. You know what I mean? And I think as I, as I age, I get more and more that way. You know, if I feel like going outside without a bra, I'm going to damn well go outside without a bra, which is something I would never have done even five years ago. Mm -hmm. I know that's a stupid example, but but it's really not <laughs> at the same time. Um, yeah, it's the difference between feeling like you need to concern yourself with how you are seen or perceived anytime you step outside of your house to deciding that that's not important to me right now. Yeah. You know, I'm not running up and down the street naked. So why are these little details so important? Right. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's, it shouldn't be. And I, I do look forward to the day where nothing will bother me anymore. And then the, the last little thing that I want to share, which I think I will share again in the next one, when we talk about the mother slash warrior side is mm -hmm. that um, regardless of whether we have children born of our body, we all have descendants collateral or otherwise. So we are all going to be ancestors no matter what. I love that. I I do too, because I think it's absolutely true. You know, even if I didn't have my children, I have my nieces and nephews. I have, mm -hmm. you know, kids that I have taught when I was teaching dance or, you know. I have people from the older generation uh, in my life that I absolutely consider my family and they are not yeah. blood related to me. Absolutely. Yeah. So I just thought that was a really beautiful sentiment. I agree. I agree. And on the theme of helping, or at least maybe we'll help. It would be amazing if we helped, but helping people to accept the seasons and the changes of life mm -hmm. and the process of aging. I have one more exercise. I feel like I'm giving people homework. It's um, okay. You know, Take it or leave it. Okay. Says the crone. Um <laughs> This one is called Celebrating Life's Seasons. 
a witch is keenly focused on the simple experiences of living in the world. Witches follow their heartbeat, their intuition, their dreams, and sensations. They live their lives in this way because they know that experiences of simplicity tune them into the cycles of the natural world. That is where the witch finds power and spiritual unfoldment. Because of this, witches mark the passage of natural seasons with celebrations, rituals, and magical doings. Aside from the more formal observances of specific ceremonial days, witches take time to celebrate each day of their lives. The celebrations of everyday life allow the witch a simple spiritual perspective from which to look back at where she has been and to look ahead at where she is going. All the while, her daily celebrations are about what is happening right now. Witches celebrate their times of happiness and mark their moments of pain and regret. They observe their laughter, their fears, their anger, and their ecstasy. They commemorate the grand parade in which we all participate. Taking up the practice of noting and celebrating where you are in your life right now is a powerful step in your own spiritual path. Not only is celebrating each day a centering activity, it also helps you to recognize the value of each day. With each sunrise, you can find another opportunity to open up to the wonder and magic of your life. Practice celebrating the moment. Begin this exercise by listing all those aspects of your life that deserve or require recognition. If you have nothing that you can list, consider what that might mean. Are you cultivating an authentic, multifaceted life? If you have nothing that you consider worth honoring, consider how you might have arrived at this point in your life or how this perception might have emerged. It is easy to get caught up in the grind of our work, the headaches of traffic, managing our social obligations and our families. Before long, we lose touch with the experiences of simply being in the world that can bring us joy. For example, we lose track of the importance of simple pleasures like a cool breeze on a hot day or the laughter of our children. Maybe we've lost track of how to savor a spoonful of ice cream or the sensuality of a hot bath. The purpose of today's activity is to open your sense of wonder and appreciation about the simple delights of living. Sometime today, pause to breathe deeply and to appreciate a simple, quiet moment. Perhaps you can enjoy the sunset, a beautiful cloud formation, or the purr of a cat. Find some aspect of your daily experience that can become a point of celebration. When you build upon such moments, life begins to take on greater meaning and ultimately magical power. Beautiful. I love that. All right. I have a recipe for to share. Do it. So I'm going to share a recipe for supporting your skin um, as we age. Our skin does as well, obviously. And one of the things we can do to support it is to keep it moisturized. Uh, moisturizing won't make the wrinkles go away, but it will make your skin feel good. And feeling good is great. Um, so here is a moisturizer again from uh, Kate Johnson's book. It's uh, very simple. One part almond, grapeseed, jojoba, or olive oil. One part coconut oil. Uh, one part pure beeswax. Uh, you can either use like the little the uh, little beads or or mm -hmm. chop it up. Um, you're going to heat all the ingredients gently over a double boiler, and once they're combined. You'll add two or three drops of your favorite essential oil. Uh, then pour the mixture into a wide mouth jar and allow it to cool. Uh, and you can apply this to your skin whenever you like. It's a good chance to uh, to use some some witchery. Uh, yeah. Use 
an intentional oil to put in it. Absolutely. Do some, do a little spell work or say some incantations over it and make Absolutely. it a ritual when you use it. I love that. And those yeah. ingredients are, are amazing for your skin. Yeah. And it's so easy to do. You could make like a bunch of different ones for, to use mm-hmm. whenever, you know, you feel. So. I also read, uh, I think it's somewhere close to uh, the recipe that you just read, um, where she recommends taking the avocado peels from the avocados that you just yes. chopped up and just rubbing yeah. them on your face. And I was like, what? So smart. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Don't do that if you're allergic to avocados. <laughs> correct. Correct. Not a great idea if that is an allergy. So I have some, sp- sorry, did you have something else? No, you're good. Oh, okay. Go with, go with your spells. <laughs> so I have some spells I want to share. I'm actually going to share three spells. They are quick ones from the Crone's Book of Magical Words by Valerie Wirth. Uh, This is kind of a partner book to the Crone's Book of Charms and Spells that was published back in um, 1988. This one was originally published earlier in 1971. I absolutely love both of these. They feel so magical. All the spells, charms, and incantations in them are so poetic and lyrical, and they seem just completely steeped in historical occult wisdom. So I have three that I wanted to share uh, for this episode. The first one is to embrace solitude, which I should have shared with you before you went on your trip. Yeah. What were you thinking, Margo? (laughs) (laughs) How dare you not anticipate my need? (laughs) All right. To embrace solitude. Go into your house and fasten the windows, block the chimneys, lock the doors, stop up the keyholes, draw the curtains, say these words to all betrayers. I am my own today, nor any other shall steal me away. Drink to your strength a glass of wine, then sit three hours in silence alone before you go forth again. That sounds amazing. It's yeah. got wine in it. I mean, geez. Right? Sign me <laughs> right up. Right up my alley. <laughs> um, so the next one I want to share is sage tea for the mind. A sage tea for the mind. The gray-leaved sage stands fresh and fine when even trees fall prey to time. Pluck its growth, brew an infusion against all darkness and confusion. Drink its strength with these words sage make green the winter rain charm the demon from my brain don't you just love these i do cheesing all over them (laughs) okay and the last one i have is to dispel sorrow which we could all use from time to time yes um, let me get my notepad hang on (laughs) to dispel (laughs) sorrow When world and fate conspire to mark your life with lines and characters dark, mold a tablet of earth or clay, write on it all you would cast away. All you regret, all that you bear, all that afflicts you, all that you fear, break it and bury it in the ground, saying this charm to heal the wound. Sorrow be dust and dust dissolve. Let all my grief go into this grave. Wow. That that one got me a little. Yeah. Um, if you like these, I highly recommend you get yourself the Crone's Book of Magical Words and the Crone's Book. Where is it? 
and the Crone's Book of Charms and Spells. They are just amazing by Valerie Wonderful. Worth. And as always, they will be available to find on our resources page. Yes. That's wonderful. So the final thing that I have is our card pull for the day, which I actually pulled from the Urban Crow Oracle by MJ Coulinane, who I clearly love because I have lots of her decks and I talk about them all the time. So um, here is the newest one. I got a signed copy and you can get your own uh, from crowtarot.com. Today I pulled Direction. The picture on the uh, on the card is a crow. Imagine that. Uh, <laughs> and uh, she's flying in the in the sky towards the trees. She has her flock or her murder, if you will, uh, around her. That's just a beautiful, beautiful card. And the words say, each evening at around dusk, Hundreds of crows fly over my apartment on their on their way to their evening roost. They are not distracted by the sights and sounds of the city. The crows are focused on moving in one direction. When you know where you are going, it is easier to stay on the path. Direction brings clarity and creates a roadmap to success. Direction is a call for you to find your north star, your point on the map that represents your big goal, the destination that no roadside attraction can lure you away from. When you know exactly where you are going, you will be able to stay focused. You will be able to recognize when an opportunity is nothing more than a tempting diversion from your goal. When you pull the direction card, take time to check to see if you know where you are going. Do you see your path before you? At first, when I pulled that, I didn't like it for uh, this episode, but I think I, think I thought it was appropriate. Yeah. yeah. I do have one little announcement, and that is to say a big super thank you to our new Patreon, hang on, sorry, to our new Patreon, Jenna Baker. Uh, Jenna Baker. You, Jenna. Yes. Thank you so much for joining our crew. Thank you so much for your support. We love you. We absolutely do. Uh, Jenna is actually, I'm mentoring her, which is very exciting. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah. Uh, and I would like to close as we opened with um, a, a few wonderful words from, again, Kate Johnson. Uh, and this is the final word from The Kitchen Witch, The Feast of Life. A very wise woman I once knew said to think of your life in three columns. The things you need to do, brush your teeth, do dishes, do laundry. The things you want to do, garden, read, paint, dance, whatever you like. And the third column, all the things you do because you think you should, but that you neither really need to nor want to do. Sadly, many of us spend most of our lives in the third column. Please dare to say no to the shoulds and do more of the want tos. Life offers such an abundant cornucopia of delights if only you slow down to en enough to savor them. My darling daughter, I urge you to enjoy the feast of life with more zest. We are here for such a short while. Why wait to use the good china or the special soaps or the beeswax candles or the fancy sea salts that you've been saving for special occasions? Why wait to wear the sumptuous dress your loved one gave you? What are you waiting for? Wear it. Use them. Use them up. 
might as well give yourself as many significant, magical, glorious experiences as you can, so that when your death time comes, you can look back over a life that was well and deeply lived, without regret, and with great satisfaction. The life you have is such a miraculous gift. It was meant to be unwrapped and enjoyed. And Emily Dickinson says, find ecstasy in life. The mere sense of living is joy enough. Amazing. The, that was the perfect way to end. I thought so too. Excellent. I love that so much. I'm going to put on the dress and eat the cake. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> All right. We'll see you next time. We'll see you next time. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at The Hearth and Hedge, on our website, thehearthandhedge.com, or you can email us at thehearthandhedge at gmail.com. Our address is The Hearth and Hedge, P.O. Box 397, Cherry Hill, New Jersey, 08003. We also have a Patreon, which you can find at patreon.com slash thehearthandhedge. If you like what you hear, consider leaving us a review wherever you find your podcasts. And Emily Dickinson says, find Emily Dickinson. (laughs) Shit, fuck. (laughs) Sorry.